0: So the act of sacrifice is something that as we're looking toward this week, we're looking into this week, is, uh, is kind of the common thread, but sacrifice is something that we see throughout culture, throughout media, it's even become a figure of speech that we use in a lot of ways. Have you ever had somebody take a bullet for you, right? Ever have someone stand in the gap, as maybe we would say, uh, took the hit, Um, All of those things elude the idea of sacrifice. Um, But the sacrificial act, the sacrifice play, is something that we find in books. It's something we find in movies. It's something we find in um, video games. It's, It's a thread that we see in every kind of storytelling across cultures and across time. There's just something compelling about it. There's something compelling about it that continues to be put into storytelling. As so we approach Easter this week, next Sunday is Easter. We call this Sunday Palm Sunday. The week before Jesus was crucified, he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey as a hero, knowing what he is going there to do. Knowing that the crucifixion is coming that week knowing what Friday means for him and he is taking the hit for us because he is driven and he is compelled by love and it's all about love with Jesus it's, it's all about love and so today we're gonna look at something simple we're actually gonna look at a very simple idea Something that we, we sing about, we talk about often, at least we should, as the church. But we're going to examine the love of God and why Jesus came to this earth. Why did he die? What did the love of God have to do with all of it? actually it had everything to do with it. Because the church, here in the church, Jesus coming to this earth and, and as a man, which we call the incarnation, and his crucifixion, it's talked about regularly. We talk about it here at Connect Church regularly. It's the gospel. It's the good news. And the result is the resurrection. And without it, without the resurrection, nothing else matters. Literally, nothing else. None of this matters. None of what we're doing, none of what you're going to do later today matters without the resurrection. And so we celebrate that next Sunday. Truly, we celebrate that every day and every Sunday. But equally important to the act that Jesus did is the motivation behind it, the reason for it. Why did God take on human form and come to this earth to die for sinners? And the answer is love. The answer is love for you and for me. And to define love, I love using this definition of love, is to protect and provide. Those four words, love, to protect, and provide. I think that's a great definition because it brings a whole lot of things together in that. God did that through Jesus. He he protected and provided for you through Jesus. He protects you by taking your place and provides for you in a way that you can't make for yourself because you can't make a way for yourself. The love of God compelled Jesus to... Action And while this can be seen throughout Scripture, all around Scripture, I want to look at John 3.16. I want to look at what would be considered maybe a cliche verse, but there's really no cliche to this verse. It is the clearest depiction of God's loving motivation for you and for me. And so I would ask you to maybe, let's look at this verse with, with, with new like take off the cliche goggles that maybe you have when you hear John three sixteen, and let's look at this fresh. I would ask you to do that. Let's look at this verse from a fresh perspective. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. God's loving nature is generous. He is a giving God. He is a giving God over and above what we deserve. The love of God is translated into this gift of his son. And John wrote that God loved the world so much that he gave. Right? He gave. It's one of the most referred to and quoted verses in scripture. And there's a reason. There's a reason for that. I like to call it the ultimate connection verse. Because connecting to Christ, community and purpose is wrapped up in those 26 words that make up John 3:16. But I always like to include verse 17 on top of it, because it's, it addresses the objections that sometimes follow that can, it continues to validate the sacrificial love of Jesus, and this happened before the crucifixion even happened long before the crucifixion even happened, Jesus said this. Because he knew it was coming. Because the love of God, the sacrifice of Jesus, was not just about saving us from the hell that we're going to, but also the hell that we're going through. Think about that. What do I mean by that? Let's talk about it this way. I think you could make an argument that in today, in the culture and society in which we live, and the things that we see as we watch the news, as we look at social media, as we look at the things going on in our world today, that it could all be boiled down to people struggling with one word, identity. Identity. Deep down, one of the biggest questions that people are asking today is the question, who am I? Who am I? A lot of the things that we see happening in our world today come down to people trying to answer the question of identity with who am I in every way but looking to Jesus. There are so many things that we use to define ourselves today. The individual ideal, to be an individual, that that idea, that's intense today. There's tons of pressure to be an individual And here's the problem with that, is that it's impossible to keep up with all of that, and it's also impossible to get it right. By the world's standards, it's impossible to get it right. And why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because for this world, who you are is never enough. In this world, who you are, however you wanna define that, it's never enough. It's never the right answer. It's never the right answer for anybody. It's never the right answer for social media. It's never the right answer for this group. It's never the right answer for that group. It's it's, it's just never the right answer. You're never going to get it right. This is how we are made to feel. We are made to feel this way. This is what we are trying to solve as humanity, and this is what drives many people, especially our young people, into depression, into anxiety. It's not the only thing, but it is one big thing that drives people into depression and anxiety because the world reminds us of this lie every single day. Every time you open up your phone, every time you look at the media, every time that you hear this or that from people at school to our students, you're reminded that who you are is never enough. Good news. God knows this. God knew this and he sent Jesus to do something about it. Look at what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says this. This means that anyone, anyone is all inclusive, right? Anyone means anyone. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Reconcile means like to make things right. Okay? Reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. Amen? And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You have been made new. You have been made new. He has forgiven all of your sins. Absolutely, he has. He has given you a new identity as well as an ambassador for him as we see here being saved isn't just forgiveness it is that's awesome, it's great but you're, rege- you're regenerated right? you are changed into a new creation and forgiveness is awesome but it's just the beginning it's so much more it's so much more because we're also given a new identity and you can't separate the two things You can't separate the two things. You can't become new without also being ambassador for Jesus. And you can't be an ambassador for Jesus without also becoming new and being made new. And so we have this new identity and we have a purpose. So the idea of Christ community and purpose is wrapped up right there. We have this eternal purpose because we are his ambassador and we are on a mission to share the good news that we have a new identity, that God has changed us. And so we share that and we have the opportunity to share that being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to bring others back to Christ. You see, through Jesus, you have been made new. You have been made new. The gift of God's love, the gift of Jesus that you that you are made new your brokenness is not a disqualifier. Hear me on this. To the world, your brokenness is exactly what disqualifies you from never being enough because you're broken. And so we try different things to to fix our brokenness. We all do that and we say it disqualifies us. Because the world tells us it disqualifies us. Raise your hand if you're broken. Yeah, that should be every one of us. None of us get it all right. We're all messed up. We're all broken. We're all trying to figure it out. And praise God for Jesus because it's it's not a disqualifier. Instead, what it is is it's a qualifier to receive the gift that Jesus died to give you. You are qualified to receive the gift that Jesus died to give you to make you new, to make you into a new creation. And while Paul was writing to the church in Galatia, he wrote a a kind of a, I don't know if you want to call it a commentary, but a little two sentence commentary of sorts on the results of God's gift for us. People are transformed, and the life that they now live is completely identified with the life of Jesus. And here's what he said in Galatians 2 he said, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. See, as believers, we identify with Jesus to the point that it's no longer even us who who live, but Jesus Is walking around in the midst of everybody. God's love impacts us in this present life, not just the life to come. Life with Jesus starts now and and lasts forever. Your eternal life begins the moment you put your trust in him. And Paul says that the life of faith that he is now living, it's focused on the one who died for him. That Jesus' death, the ultimate gift of love, can completely change how someone lives their life. And it should and it will, and it does. Because if we could just be good enough, if we could just be good enough, then there is no reason for Jesus to die. There was no reason for Jesus to die if you could be good enough. So we're made new. And our identity is not who we say we are or who others say we are, but instead who Jesus says we are. It's who Jesus says we are. See, this is exactly what Paul's saying. If, if we could be good enough, keeping the law can make us right with God. If, if we could be good enough, then the cross is, is pointless. It's useless. But you can't. We can't be good enough. Because there was this great exchange for you that happened on the cross. When you give your life to Jesus, there's this great exchange that also happens inside of you. Paul realized that, that on the cross, this great exchange occurred. And he, he gave Jesus his old, I'm trying to keep the law, life. And that was crucified on the cross. That was, that was crucified on the cross. And then Jesus gave Paul his life. Christ come to live inside of him. So Paul's life wasn't his anymore. It belonged to Jesus. And it's the same for you and it's the same for me when we give our life to him. See, Paul didn't own his own life. That life died. You don't own your own life. When you surrender and give your life to Jesus, it's his. That life dies. He, Paul says, I'm simply managing the life, the new life that Jesus has given me as best as I can because I'm still a sinful person and I'm still not gonna get it right and I'm still gonna be broken and I'm still gonna mess this up. But he loves me anyway because I'm not saying who I am. I'm not letting other people say who I am. I'm, I'm saying who God says I am. See, we feel insecure. We feel unworthy of love because we don't fully grasp the exchange that took place. It's a hard thing to fully get your arms around. Let's, let's call it what it is. It's hard to totally get that. But we think we're not worth it. We think we're not worth it because we're not good enough or because we're not capable enough or because we're not worthy of, of anyone's love, let alone the love of God. But God loves you and you can be sure of that because Jesus died for you. You can be sure of that. Even at those times when we're looking and, and we're telling ourselves, I'm not, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not worth it. You can look to the cross and remember that you were worth it. You were worth every bit of it, and that God loves you so much, even when you don't love yourself, even when you feel like no one loves you. Your Creator does, and He loved you more than, than you'll ever know. He loves you more than you'll ever know. Paul makes it clear that all of this is the result of the love of God. Paul describes it: that Jesus, in, in, in the verse in Galatians, who loved me and gave Himself for me, gave Himself for you. Jesus is a gift of God's love, and that love is seen through the crucifixion. But look at the posture of Jesus as Paul describes it here. Look at the posture of him in Philippians. Paul describes this as though he was God, meaning Jesus, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to, meaning like Jesus didn't use that as a crutch, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus' motivation for all of this was love for you. Love for you. Complete submission and surrender to Jesus, though, that's the only way we find who we really are. Hear me on that, because that sounds backwards, right? Complete submission and surrender to Jesus is the only way you're going to find out who you really are. When we surrender to Him, we surrender all that we were and all that we are. See, Jesus didn't have to do this. Jesus didn't have to do this for you. He chose to. He chose to do this for you. He chose to do it, and He was driven by love to do it. So, you can never do anything to make Jesus love you more, and you can never do anything to make Jesus love you less. I know that I say this often because it's true and because I think we need to hear it often I think we need reminded of this often while today's message is is a simple idea and yeah we hear about the love of God and all of that I want to I think we need reminded of the simplicity sometimes of the things in scripture that 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 really just pull us to Jesus that the love of God is something that we take for granted often. The fact that he loves us so much is something we take for granted often. And I think there's no better week to refocus on some of the simplicities of God. Because when we say that we are saved, it's, it's not just, as I said at the beginning, it's not just from the hell that we're going to. It's from the hell that we're going through as well. See, life with Jesus, as I said, begins here and now. We are saved from being declared guilty in God's court of law. We are saved from ourselves. We are saved from our sin. And we're saved from trying to be a good person because it's never gonna be enough. And so I think we need reminded sometimes, reminded often as we're going into this this week, this passion week of this simple connection point that is this, Jesus saved you. Because God loves you. Jesus saved you because God loves you. Like, get your head around that for a second. The creator of the universe loves you individually. Yeah, I think sometimes we think even as believers, we're, we're thinking about this idea of God loves you as something to say to others. And yes, we should encourage and say that to others. But sometimes I think we need to look in the mirror and remind ourselves of our brokenness and remind ourselves that God loves us. And encourage ourselves. Do you know what? Part of coming to church also is to be encouraged and lifted up. Yeah, I hope that you walk out challenged and changed every week, no doubt. But I also want you to be encouraged. And to hear sometimes the simple truths of God's word. And that's that God loves you. And Jesus saved you because he loves you. We call this Week. Passion Week. Jesus was and is passionate, so passionate about his love for you and for me. I don't want you to think about anybody else that's here, sitting next to you, whether you're here or watching online. I want you to think about you and your relationship with God for just a minute. He was so passionate that he gave his life in the most agonizing and torturous way possible on the cross for you he died and he rose again so that we can confidently answer the question who am I if you're struggling with that question you find that in Jesus you find the answer to that in Jesus because here's the answer who are you you're a child of God You're a child of God. You are not who you were. You are his. And so stop trying to define yourself the way that the world thinks or even the way that you should. Find your identity in Jesus. Your purpose is found in him because you have been made new. And the world's definition of you doesn't matter because God loves you so much. And it was and is all for love. Which is why we say that Friday is good because Sunday is coming and Jesus is alive will you bow your heads with me in fact where you stand we're going we're gonna to worship here in just a second and I think us standing having our posture to the Lord is a great place for us to be I know for a fact that there are some some of us in here that are struggling with this question of who am I. And we try to find it in so many different ways. And you know what? I've struggled with that too. That's a question that honestly, I think all of us struggle with in some way, shape or form. Maybe even on a daily basis. And we need reminded of the simple truths of God's love for us. And maybe you walked in here today or you turned the live stream on today just needing to hear the simple truth of God loves you when the world tries to tell you and tries to remind you how much you don't meet their standard will you remind yourself that God's standard for you is just to surrender to him if you don't have a relationship with Jesus today might be the day for you you may have some questions you may need to, to get some questions answered and that's cool. That's great. We would love to answer your questions. We'd love to, to talk with you and pray with you. We got people in yellow lanyards that are all around that would love to pray with you. I know a few of them are probably even going to come down front if you want to come down front, even during the next song. If you're feeling that push, you're feeling that tug, you're not 100% sure you're going to be with Jesus in heaven because maybe you don't think you're worth it or you're, you're good enough or whatever that lie is that Satan is telling you. Push that aside and give your life to Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that your spirit would continue to move through this place. Lord, I thank you that you are all about your love for us. God, that you loved us so much that the Father gave and gave everything. Jesus, I pray that if there's one here, if there's one watching that doesn't know you, doesn't have a relationship with you, Maybe something's keeping them back, holding them back. I pray that you would remove that from them and they would take that step to put their trust in you because you loved us so much that you gave your son. You sacrificed yourself to save us. And Lord, you're alive. And we celebrate that this week and next week and every week. Father, I pray that you would continue to move through this place now in Jesus' name.